Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi there, everyone. Great to be with you again. Uh, God's grace is amazing, and thank God for Kent Hodge doing things to help those kids. I'm so moved by that. Ivan, thanks for that report. It was awesome. Uh, Part three of our Grace series uh, today is the fourth person in the fire. Um, and I was thinking about who should be dead right now. I've got a couple of stents in my heart, so I should have been dead. I know I've got plenty of friends now I'm this age who, you know, have been saved by doctors or it's like we're all on bonus time. You know, medications are keeping us alive, interventions. Anyway, I thought uh, grace is pretty amazing and I've never had such a sense of living by grace as I do now, relying on other things to keep me alive. But Joel Osteen says this statement, the enemy does not have the final say on your life. God does. He is the author and the finisher. So I just want to read to you out of Daniel chapter 3 about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego or Abednego Abednego and Ballarat. Um, uh, It's a good story. So I'll just give you a a little bit of detail in verse uh, 16. Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied, to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But then they say the most amazing thing. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now before I read on, even if he doesn't. So there's so many times where God delivers us or heals us, but sometimes he doesn't or sometimes you lose a loved one. But the key I'm trying to get across today, that God is always there for you. He's always the fourth person in the fire, whether it's to deliver you amazingly like like these young men or be with you as you do the journey through death. He's there for you. Uh, What happens at their response to that Nebuchadnezzar was furious with them and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie them up and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes and trousers and turbans and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took them up and threw them in. Then the king leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisers, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? I can see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. He saw that the fire had not harmed them, sorry, had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. I've heard Darlene Check share an amazing message on 
not having the smell of fire on you from what this life can do to you. It's an incredible message. Uh, The story finishes with, he makes a decree. The king says, Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted them uh, in the province of Babylon. Uh, if God had delivered them before they went into the fire, the king wouldn't have been so affected and the whole nation wouldn't have been affected. I'm going to show you in scripture why sometimes God will allow trials in your life because he wants to help other people. It's a really interesting principle Um, and he does reward us for it. Uh, There's always a fourth person in the fire. Um, You have to be in the fire to experience the favour of having God with you. Um, In crisis, our question shouldn't be, where are you, God? But thank you, God, for being with us because he's always there for you. I'm not sure that the three young men could see uh, Jesus in the fire with them, but the king certainly could. Um, I want to show you this in Job because Job was a guy that suffered but an amazing thing happens. He has seven major trials. And after the first four, where he loses some of his kids and his servants and his livestock, um, it says this in Job 1.20, At this Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, then fell to the ground in worship. Wow. He says, he prays this, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And it says a scripture, and I didn't know this, in all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing because we're tempted to do that sometimes. And and it's not that rare for me to hear people charge God of wrongdoing. But it's that scripture says that that's actually a sin to do that. It's actually wrong. And And my belief is that Jesus is in the trial with you, is in the fire with you. If you can't see him, it's often due to your own unbelief. Uh, I remember that I was in church the day after my mum died of cancer and I was quite broken. It was the first loved one close to me I'd ever lost. But I knew I had to worship that day and it kind of broke me and I mainly just got tears out, not words. But I knew... If I didn't break through in worship that day, it could take me a long, long time before I could get back with God. There's something about doing what Job did and taking authority over your life and everything just wants to run away. You go, no, we're going to stay here and we're going to worship God because he's in the fire with you, helping you through that grief. Uh, let Let me just show you this. This is in the... Uh, passion, not passion. Yeah, the Passion Translation, Harmony of the Gospels in John chapter nine. You know the boy that was born blind, and they said, "Who sinned?" So just, I want you to watch this. As Jesus walked down the street, he noticed. So Jesus notices stuff wherever he walks. A man blind from his birth. His disciples asked him, "That's Jesus, teacher. Whose sin caused this guy's blindness? His own or the sin of his parents?" Jesus answered, neither. I love that answer. It happened to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. It's like he's saying, I, 
God allowed this or caused this to happen so other people could be helped. It goes on to say, as, and Jesus says, as long as I am with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. So when we have loss, you know, loss of home, loss of job, loss of car, loss of friend, loss of partner, loss of loved one, he's in it with us. You know, as long as he's with us, there's light that can penetrate that darkness. And I love that phrase, as long as I'm with you. He's always with you. Nothing can snatch you out of his hand. He's there. It's, and it's up to us to believe that. Romans 5.2 says, We have access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. If God's not there, it's your unbelief, not his lack of presence. It actually teaches in the Bible, not long after that, that in his hometown he couldn't do many miracles because of the people's unbelief. So... Jesus is sometimes standing right there wanting to help. Um, and and you've, got to, uh, you've got to have faith because faith plugs you into the power. So believing is where it's at. Uh, John's gospel actually uses the word belief, I think, over a hundred times because the belief plugs you into the grace. It's like Jesus going, I'm right here. Call me in. Call in the favor. Call in the grace. Uh, because what does Psalm 23 say? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. It's there. It's chasing you. He wants to catch up and overtake you and show up in the situation for you. But you've got to believe in it and usher it in. You can't just whinge about God and accuse him of, of, of wrongdoing. What you believe is really important. So first point I wanted to make. If only blessings and not trials made you aware of God's, God's presence, you've got a wrong foundation and that circumstantial faith will not stand up under trial and you'll end up having a faith crash and can struggle for years. God is evident in blessings and he's evident in trials. Sometimes God takes you through a difficulty to expose your unbelief and to prove himself faithful to you. Sometimes he lets you go through a trial to get rid of what's chasing you. I've had trials that have been difficult, but they've kind of delivered me from myself, delivered me from a pride. I was mouthing off one time. This was, I think I was about 11 or 12, and I was mouthing off to this kid that was 14 at night in a camping area. We were down there surfing, and um, he started chasing me to punch my head in. <laughs> I was a quick runner, but this kid was pretty fast. And I was charging through this camping area at night and he's hot on my heels, just about to grab me. And I see this garbage bin. And so I just run in a straight line for the garbage bin, knowing he can't see it because he is behind me, about to throttle me. So I race flat out to the garbage bin and right at the last minute, I leap over the garbage bin and I just hear crash. And he goes down and fortunately really hurt himself and wasn't able to get up and punch me in the head like I deserved. But that actually delivered me because I thought my mouth was going to get me into big strife. And sometimes a trial like that can help deliver you from stuff. 1 Peter 4.19 says an interesting thing because I've heard so many preachers over the years say, God's not uh, willing that anyone should suffer. This says, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to God and continue to do good, just for what it's worth. 
Uh, so God is not limited by your circumstances. He's only limited by your thinking. And sometimes I have unbelief. I'm not, I'm not pretending to be perfect here. We all have bits of it where we've got to deal with it because our believing rules us. And so sometimes we've got to rule our believing. And I just, I'm just going to read this out to you. It's kind of just marks their creative writing. But I was thinking in life how interruptions really annoy me because I like solitude. But this is just my attempt to process myself in a, in, a, in a prayer time. I go, interruptions are annoying. I hate them. Solitude is a delight to me. Uh, but just bear in mind, I was born two weeks late because my mum reckons I was so contented in the womb, I didn't want to come out. And I've written, I was contented in the womb, but was interrupted by life. That's really annoying. <laughs> But sometimes an interruption works another way and lifts you out of a destructive pattern. It seems sometimes that life is made up of the interruptions that you have while you're trying to do something else. The interruption of my birth that changed my family's life, the interruption of my mum's death that broke my heart, not in a bad way but in a necessary way. Since childhood I felt she had been mine and belonged to me. But now that I'm in my 50s, it's time to rela uh, release her to be God's and trust that there is someone who cares about me and believes in me no matter what. Old age now, this is kind of more recent. That was wrote about 10 years ago. Now old age has interrupted me, imperceptibly sneaking in, gradually taking control and governing what I can and can't do. Where did my lively life disappear to? I'm at McMaster's Beach in the corner. I'm sucking on my tea, watching seven surfers on the point. It used to be me waiting, paddling, big reserves of energy waiting to be unleashed on the next wave. The thrill of free energy swooping on me, picking me up, propelling me forward, a few neat leanings with my feet and the thrill of a pump action ride along the face of the wave. Whoa, I miss that. So can you see I'm floating in and out of dealing with it, not dealing with it? So I've learned I've got to finish on a positive. So I go, creation has energy and it still includes me and you. Stay in Christ because he's the one that coordinates your current energy with the kingdom and with creation. That's a bit creative, some people. But it's just an attempt to lead myself and at times... We have to lead ourselves. If ever you're tempted to accuse God of stuff, that's a really important time to lead yourself and not let yourself get away with the wrong thing. Second and last point, in order to struggle less, we have to get in agreement with, with God on things. It's interesting because I find I'm 66, so I find it, I'm getting older. It's really easy to be cranky. And the other day I was at home and I'm whinging about something to Roz and she's just about going to work and I see that look like, stop whinging, I'm trying to have a good day. Leave me alone. She's thinking that, not saying it. And she just says this. She said, I'll see you later, Mr. Happy. <laughs> and immediately I felt so convicted and I realised I had to make a shift of that my fallback in life has to be my fallback thing that I'm going to go back to is being happy, not being miserable. So what I've done, I've written, you know, those little yellow post-it pieces of paper. I've drawn a happy face 
and written Mr. Happy under it. And I've put it in the middle of the steering wheel on my car so that every time I get in and out of the car, it's like, remember, Mr. Happy. And it's like training that habit in because I want to end up happy, not miserable. Um, <laughs> see you later, Mr. Happy. Uh, Another thing Roz said, how, when she was preaching the other day, it was brilliant. How can there be no way through things when the way lives in you? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He lives in you. Okay, nearly finished, nearly finished. Okay, okay I'll leave that out. Let's go to the conclusion. Uh, some resurrection fishing. Peter... Jesus risen from the dead. Uh, Peter wants to go back to his old way of life. I think he's a bit, he's a bit thrown by it all. So he, he goes back to fishing, but he doesn't catch anything. The funny thing is what Peter was trying to catch in his own skill, Jesus already had waiting for him on the shore. And that's when he cooked the breakfast and had the fish ready. So the fourth person was in that trial with him. He already had the fish thing sorted out and covered. And sometimes in our unbelief, we're facing the wrong way. We don't we forget to look up. We forget to be Mr. Happy. We forget to see that Jesus has already got that covered. Uh, it, it was another example of that the good things that come to us with that fourth person being there are by grace. It's not really us earning it, even though we have to be in belief to get it, because that's what brings it to pass. Uh, it's by grace. We don't earn it. And I just wrote this thought. Why would you let God's favour that you don't deserve make you feel better than someone else? It's so important when we're living in the blessings of God and they're pretty significant in our life that we don't act like we're, we're better than someone or someone else is stupid. Some people can't even handle God's blessing on your life. I, I, I just wrote this, just a thought, because I used to be like this. They are too stingy in their own life to get blessed. Stingy people can't fulfill the scripture that says weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Stingy people rejoice at others weeping and weep when others are rejoicing. So don't, don't be like that. Be a person that know that you know that God's going to bless you. So that's why you can rejoice with others. Now, I love shoes. So I just thought of this example. Can you rejoice with someone that's got a $30 pair of shoes on that they're really pleased, you know, they got half price or whatever? Yes, that's easy. I once bought a pair of shoes for $300. It was so cool. I felt so blessed. And then I came to church and I was about to show someone my shoes and someone had on a pair of $3,000 shoes. Now, I was able to rejoice with them. I think that's fantastic. But if I had a pair of $3,000 shoes, I'd just have that camera pointed at them the whole time I was preaching. I'm not ready for $3,000 shoes, but I can rejoice with someone else who's got them. So we, you get the thing of we can just be pleased for others. We don't have to have what they have. We can have our own level. And I think that's the spirit that God wants to have. And I'm just going to finish today on some more Kent Hodge because Ivan and Ros and I were so blown out by Kent Hodge's communiques during the week. This was a different one to what Ivan had. It was just about a couple of their projects. I just like what they do and how they do it. He, said, he sends a photo of a pig shed and he goes, we completed this pig shed and populated it with 10 pigs. 
We're aiming for 100 and it won't take long. They breed a lot. The profits go into the general cooperative to invest in land for our staff members. So when they get to long service leave, we give them their own land they can live on. How cool is that? Then he shows a picture of a goat shed. A goat shed currently being built from a gift. This should house lots of goats. Now watch this. This is called micro-enterprise development. We give three female and one male goat to a widow after she trains with us. The widow gives the first three kids back to us, not her children, that's baby goats, and we keep breeding more. This process keeps going until communities all around our region will be benefited, not just widows, but lifting vulnerable families out of poverty. It just Isn't that brilliant? It sets them up with their own business. They give some back out of giving and the project goes on and keeps helping people. He finishes with this. We're trying to get to the bottom of some of the regional issues that bring violence between crop farmers and cattle herders in our area. This is the first year in two decades that we haven't had one death on farms in a region around Wurren Alhiri, which is where they are, caused by farmer disputes. Thanks for your support. That's what we do, church. Sometimes Ros and I don't even feel like Christians when we read Ken Hodges' newsletters because we'll be worrying about some little thing and we read something like that, that there's a level of Christianity that's so profound in such a dangerous area that is making such a difference. You only had to listen to what Ivan shared. Christianity, Christianity is a deep thing. That's why I want to teach you how to live it a bit more deeply sometimes. Can you sense how important it is as we go to new levels of maturity in our lives? It becomes more and more beautiful. Thank you. Have a great week and thanks for supporting missions. God bless you. Thanks, Mark. What a great message. I hope you all enjoyed that message today. There was so much you could take from that message. How are you going with your trials? Are you growing in your trials? Are you learning from your trials? Or maybe you're just in one big trial. See, in John 8 and 12, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your saviour. I'd love to just pray a prayer right now. And if you'd like to follow me in that prayer, I'd love to lead you to our Lord and Saviour. So just pray this prayer after me. So, Lord, we thank you that you are the light, Lord. And yes, I have struggled in life and I am in one big trial. But, Lord, I want you to show me the way. You are the way, the truth and the life. So, Lord, I want to know what it is to live a peaceful life. So I give you my heart. So maybe you've uh, just prayed a simple prayer like that today, and that's all it is, a simple prayer to the Lord. If you'd like to contact us or let us know, we'd love to connect with you and maybe give you some more, just talk with you or give you some, uh, something to read. But get in contact with us. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.